Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. This podcast is part of a partnership between TEDx St Kilda and 3CR Radio. I'm Squirrel Maine, and in this podcast, we hear an interview with TEDx speaker Joel Cohen from Open News discussing the Ranga movement. The Red and Nearly Ginger Association, or Ranga for short, was created by a man named Aaron Webb and myself after we ended up flatmates, sharing a flat together in St Kilda, Uh, probably coming up to six or seven years ago now. And our friends decided that since there was two redheads in this one apartment, they'd call it the Ginger Palace. And we thought, very funny, guys, that's that's great. But we thought we'd maybe put the discrimination back on them and we said, we're going to have a party, but you have to have red hair to come. And we allowed them to wear wigs or dye it as well. But we ended up having a redhead party that started off with 20 people, went to 50, eventually ended up at 200 outside of the flat because so many people came and... 200 redheads? Yeah, but no. Oh, red in... Everyone, yeah. Yeah. There was wigs, few, you know, naturals, there's only so many of us. You know, there was probably 20 or 30 naturals there at least. And then you've got the rest either in wigs or dyed hair or some silly stuff like a fellow who managed to put carrots, uh, thread carrots through a coat hanger and turn it into a crown that he was able to, you know, strut around with above his head, yeah. Fantastic. And so your TED Talk, was it about this party or what more was it about? Well, it was about uh, the bigger... It was actually about the evolution of a word and the word uh, ranga and how it's quite a new term. It, uh, its etymology only goes back really to the to the 90s at the latest, where it was probably used in schoolyards and kids and that sort of thing, we think. We know, we know that it's, you know, rangas, a derivative of the word orangutan, that beautiful creature that we love for its reddish hair. But the evolution of it happened quite quickly and, you know, with some events in TV, newspapers, then a prime minister. It's the story of the adventure of that word, Uh, and how it eventually ended up being in the Oxford English Dictionary in 2013. My reason for doing it, uh, being able to talk about it, is because I was involved in in the Ranga Association that had some, although difficult to measure, influence on all of this. (laughs) You influenced the Prime Minister being a redhead. That's pretty incredible. Well, yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Um, But we we influenced the fact that she spoke about the word Ranga at some times. We were putting out press releases and we were doing all sorts of things. We even had her um, chief of staff on the phone at one point, you know, uh, because she actually embraced questions related to redheadedness when she became Deputy Prime Minister and when she became Prime Minister, which was sort of unusual. And we think some of that in the beginning was because of something that might have been brought to her attention that we'd done. But then, What was that that you had done? We'd been putting on these red hair parties and we'd been talking about saving wild orangutans in Borneo, our ginger cousins, and we'd gotten a lot of press for it around this time. And we're pretty sure Steve Visard had picked up on some of this press. And when he interviewed her on the day she became Deputy Prime Minister, he said to her, uh, his daughter's a redhead, and he thought of Julia Gillard as 
Oranger icon. And so we think we inspired that sort of part of it, but then the next bit was all Julia Gillard's doing, of course, and she said, well, I'm happy to be a Ranger icon up there for the Rangers. And that was, a, that was the first time we think the word Ranger was used on such a high level and, and a big profile. So the, it influenced the use of the word more widely, newspapers did it more, and then it got onto the radar of the Oxford Dictionary. How does a word get onto the radar of the Oxford Dictionary? Uh, that's a very interesting question. There's a, the Australian Oxford Dictionary has an editor in Canberra somewhere and he's associated with ANU. Only he could probably tell you that. But they're putting out, they put out you know, press releases and things each, with each new edition and they tend to talk about colloquialisms that they're going to add because people find that interesting. And so when Ranger was going into the dictionary, it actually went... That news went around the world. It was in UK papers. We know there's a bit of, you know, uh, significant gingerism in the UK that's uh, kept positive by people like Prince Harry and Ed Sheeran at the moment. And um, and there's a, there's elements of it in the US. The Ranger website gets hits from all around the world and we have a little section on it, would you like to start your own Ranger chapter? And we get emails from all different countries asking to be involved. What's the most unique country? Well, that's a good question. I think we had something from Japan, which is a bit perplexing because, you know, what, what's, what's going on there? Uh, most of them are probably from uh, Caucasian countries where the US, I think, a lot, the, the UK a lot, and we, didn't, we don't really hear anything from Scotland, though, because I think it's just a normal way of life there. And they just, uh, they don't, they, what, what, what are these guys on about? This is, you know, we're the standard. They just With go the to model. the pub, they don't need exactly, an Exactly, exactly. We just wave to the guy down the street, you know. He's right there. Moving slightly off the topic of gingerism, what do you do when not advocating for the Ranga tribe? My day job at the moment is in citizen journalism and publishing. And I publish uh, three community newspapers in Melbourne. And we've just started one in Geelong. There's one in Sydney as well. And we're looking at different opportunities around Australia to empower people in small communities, whether they're urban communities or whether they're uh, rural communities, and get some news and information out from a ground level that's not a spin, that's real information. And some of your listeners might know that uh, a lot of the information we get now is comes from other sources. It doesn't come from people that have, let's say, pure intent in putting it together. And I think something like 80% of news articles now can be traced back to press releases. Like the Ranga one. Like the Ranga one, exactly. So I knew a little bit about how to get the message out. So it's just sort of a double-edged sword there. Yeah, well, you've got to use your skill sets, you know, where you can, don't you? And especially for something as important as red hair. Have you been discriminated against ever as a redhead? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Tell us about that time. Well, you know, I got the standard nicknames uh, at primary school, like Carrot Top. That was the main one I think I got. I was lucky in the sense that, you know, I had enough friends and I took it as a, uh, I took it on the chin as a bit of sort of banter. So it was fine for me. But I do know that some people, unfortunately, do receive it in a really negative way. And that's actually one of the reasons we... Aaron and I started the Ranger Association because we, w- we thought that there was an opportunity to influence a new word while it was still developing, while its definition was still coming about because ultimately words 
are defined by what their use is. And we started using the word Ranga on a mass scale in a really positive way. How is it positive? Just take back the that's Ranga? That's right. That's right. From, from, the, from the lightest strawberry blonde to the deepest, darkest ginger, across the spectrum from visible red to infrared, taking the power back. That's just fabulous. So in your TED Talk... As you went through the evolution of the word, what would you say was the turning point? Was it the Julia Gillard interview or was there another part? Well, I haven't seen the talk yet. You're sort of in the moment at the time and, it, and it's hard to sort of reflect, but I'm told by people who did see it that the audience enjoyed it and they were on a bit of a journey where they didn't really know where they were going to go. But at each point, we managed. I managed to keep their interest. Now, I'm hoping that how it looks when I see it, but I haven't seen it yet. On this journey, going on a TED Talk stage, did they let you go extemporaneously uh, or were you groomed through? I was highly scripted. I was highly scripted. I drove my family crazy, I think, particularly in the last week, practising parts of it. Even though I've done quite a lot of public speaking before, this was a bit more daunting and I think there's a couple of reasons. One, it's going to go on the internet and might go all sorts of different places and who knows once it's out there and most of the stuff I'd done before wasn't for that medium it was just um, happening at the place I was doing the speaking and the other thing is it's a long time to go without notes so there's extra pressure or as or as someone said to me um, taking the notes away takes it from medium level stress to um, through the roof stress. So a few of us were, were a bit stressed beforehand. There was relief through the speakers afterwards. I actually uh, was quite stressed in the lead-up and relieved afterwards. So it was a good experience, though. I'm glad I did it. Would you recommend it to others? If you've got the time to dedicate to practising. How much time do you reckon you spent practising? Oh. Well, I left my run a bit late. So I had probably three weeks to prepare it, to rehearse it, and then to memorise it. And in, in that time, there needed to be some changes made and this and that to, to get it right. So I'd say you probably need you need probably a couple of days a week for, for while you're preparing and then the better part of, you know, three or four days on that final week to, to get it Just together. Practice, practice, yeah, practice. Yeah, so yeah. it's a fair bit of commitment. That sounds like a fair bit of commitment. Yeah. And now I've said that, I, you know, I'll be scrutinised for the talk, I'm sure, even more because, you know, if I put in that much effort, it better be good. Yeah. So you might be disappointed. I'm just, it's just a disclaimer. Oh, I'm sure we won't be disappointed. Now, uh, one last question, looking to the future, what's next for Ranga, the organisation? Well, send this talk around is, is, is the first thing that's popped up. So hopefully with the help of yourself and um, radio and other types of media that we can get a little bit of exposure about this talk. If people enjoy it, they find it entertaining, or if they find the issues in it interesting, then we'd like to be able to replicate these red hair charity parties that we do uh, all around Australia and possibly overseas as well. And we've raised about, through these parties, we've raised about $10,000 now for the Borneo orangutans in Borneo, obviously, but there's some in Sumatra as well. And it helps to keep them in the wild there where they're vulnerable to deforestation. So that's been a pretty cool side side thing uh, on something that's really been a lot of fun. Nice.
Rangus. Rangus saving Rangus. Well, thank you so much, Joel, for coming in and chatting to us today. Thanks for having me, Squirrel. You've just been listening to Joel Cohen from Open News. Joel was a speaker who took part in the March 2015 TEDx St. Kilda Talks. You can hear Joel's TED Talk, as well as the talk of other great speakers, at TEDxStCilda.com. This interview originally aired on 3CR Radio on the 20th of May, 2015, and is part of a partnership between 3CR and TEDx St. Kilda. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.